0: hello 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 and welcome back to yet another episode of electricpreneur secrets this is episode 253 the lead multiplier principles why we need it in this million dollar launch why we're gonna get it and how we're gonna do that on this podcast i am your host clay Newmeyer. with me as always my esteemed co-host joseph lucani and we are the electricpreneurs Just a couple of master electricians with business addictions and apparently a podcast addiction because we keep coming back five days a week to serve you at the highest level and help you. So whether you're driving down the road behind the windshield or you're at the gym or you're at the call with the buds in your ears, take this freemium daily coach call and run with it. Take everything we give, just promise to take action and report your wins back to us. Joseph, how are you doing today, brother?
1: I'm doing really, really, really great today. And you know what? I actually wanted to ask you a question live to show how great of a day
0: it is. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Am I on the spot here?
1: No, no, you're good. It's that the reason why I'm in such a having a good mood is because remember when we first started working together, Facebook was one of the hardest things for me to wrap my mind around? Yeah. And now today, I'm like, oh, well, I did the wrong kind of post today. Well, I'll switch it tomorrow. Hey, Clay, should I put up a lightsaber video of myself or should I post about my magic The gathering addiction? And just the thought of being able to be in that kind of space and be so authentically and nerdy yourself.
0: Yeah.
1: I want to say, first off, thank you for teaching me all the skills that it took to actually get in comfortable enough in this marketplace to where I could even show that kind of nerd flag.
0: I could throw a question right back, man. I love that you're throwing the nerd flag. Jacob said in class the other day, the freak flag, let the freak Mm -hmm. flag fly, which is a bit of a tongue twister, that alliteration. Mm -hmm. But like, really, would you want to do it any other way, Joe?
1: You know, you think about it. And when I first started, it was like, yeah, I got to make sure people like me, which is that same old childhood fear that has followed me everywhere. And now I'm not as concerned about being liked. I'm more concerned about who I can help and I can help more people by being authentically myself. So it doesn't matter if they like me. It matters if they're willing to listen because Mm. I have stuff that's good to say, whether they like it or not.
0: I love that, man. And that ties perfectly into our process. You know, if we looked at this thing, like growth, like getting to the next level, like it's actually a ladder and there's several components to it, that faith in your ability to grow oneself and tell a story of a growing person, not the story of a diminished child or someone who's held down, right? Like you ever uh, have a friend or someone say to you like, well, I can't do that because I am this.
1: That's a dangerous statement because it's like you're already putting the shackles on yourself, but you're doing it to yourself. Any Mm -hmm. I am statement better be positive because you're going to manifest whatever that following statement is. 100%
0: 100% man, super, super limiting. So in this ladder, this million dollar launch uh, launch ladder that we're building, what's with the alliteration, the tongue twisters today?
1: I don't know, man. But if you know what, go for it.
0: You got to have these components. You got to actually recognize and tell yourself a good story, right? You got to be able to be you. And for us, we want the foundation of that ladder, right? You ever climb a big extension ladder? Maybe it's a 30-footer and it's just like, woof, this is kind of sketchy up here. If that's not with good footing, what happens?
1: Well, my tallest ladder I ever climbed was a 45-foot aluminum extension ladder doing deicing icing cables on a roof. And yeah. I can tell you from experience that that was not a fun fall. <laughs> it's not a fun fall to have. So yeah, you look over, you better be sure you're grounded right
0: what better footing and i love the grounding tie absolutely right little electrician language in there but you need the footing because otherwise you're going to fall guys so uh, what better way to than to have great authentic footing in your business and being able to wholly represent yourself while you do the thing you love Not to get it too confused, and we got a big topic, so I just got to shut up with this anyway. I'm not going to sit here and fly the flag of chase your passions and this and that, but you ought to tie a passion into what you're doing so that you can speak to it like we do. We're not superhumans. We're just people. I've got flaws. Joe's got flaws. We're not perfect. We're just representing ourselves in a way that says, you know what, freak flag flying, we're doing this anyway, we're going to put our best foot forward. And that ties perfectly into what we're talking about today. And that's this lead multiplier, this impact that we want to have in our business. Yesterday, we talked a bit about uh, the objections and and a couple of the common ones and really helped um, bash those down a bit. Guys, if you didn't get the value price objection uh, value piece that that guide that we give away for free you can go ahead and comment on on this podcast in the electric secrets group still just throw a one in the chat if that's easier for you last thing we want to do is have you distracted driving or, or you know getting distracted from your work trying to type a big message so it can help you with that but all of that leads us to a sale mm-hmm. when we make a sale we want to multiply the sales or at least the opportunities what are some ways we could do that joe
1: well, I mean, there's a couple of different opportunities. When you're talking about multiplying your sales, it could be the expanding the leads from it. It could be offering options on it. It could be going and doing better good neighbor policies. It could be following through. There's a lot of different options we can take.
0: Right off the bat, because we're a new company, a big R word comes to mind. Reviews. I want to get some reviews. Yeah. That's going to help us on our on our just free Google at this point. Mm -hmm. And by the way, just a reflection moment, if I can, I know I'm, I'm kind of ADD here a bit, but, um, Dan, the last interview we did with our client who did the million dollar launch last year and proved this whole theory to be quite productive is now smashing. He's, he smashed two program records now in the last week. He just had a completely organic week, uh, registering. I want to say it was about $172,000 in sales from his van personally it's amazing right and that is in itself also proof of this concept this lead multiplier because you know what reviews are a huge piece of that and getting those referrals from his referral partners are a huge piece of that Mm -hmm. and like you said even the good neighbor program is going to be a huge piece of that so joe what can we give away to help people with the first one the review piece how can we make sure we got you know what, more reviews than the average bearer, let's say. I mean, I tend to believe that we should be able to get at least six out of 10 and aim for eight out of 10 reviews. What are your thoughts? I think
1: I think that's actually very sustainable, provided that people are willing to do one thing. okay? And that is ask for them, like actually ask for them. Believe it or not, the reason why the uh, stats are so skewed is because it takes into account the amount of zeros that you get with them, where people don't even ask or they wait for the customer to volunteer something or even they shakily ask once the customer says yeah i'll 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 do it if you email it over and then they just never do anything with it hmm. our method is very very different because it's meant to get a result immediately
0: yeah i like that so you're saying one of the biggest piece of advice you have for getting reviews is to actually ask
1: yeah, the crazy—it's the craziest thing because people are like, "Well, how do I get more reviews?" At every angle, it's like, "I want more Google, I want more AngieList, I want more Yelp, I want all these reviews." So, okay, well, think about if you were the customer, how would you go about writing a review for someone? Well, typically, it's—it's going to go to my email, so I have to remember, and I've got to eventually open that email that I never really look at anymore because I'm always on social media. Mm-hmm. So I got to remember to go to my email. I've got to hope that you actually sent it the way you said you were going to, that I could then access it, that I don't have to go to multiple landing pages, that I don't need to go find my password for, oh, yeah, I haven't logged into AngieList in God knows how long. I got to find my AngieList password, go into that, re-log into it, and then post review and hope that there's no technical issue.
0: You just because, put me in overwhelm.
1: Exactly. And that's the thing. Your customer is in that place. And yet we wonder why they don't do it. Even further, we haven't even gotten it to load. Let's say that eventual site that you want them to put the review on has any sort of technical issue. What level of troubleshooting do you think your customer is willing to do in order to write you that review?
0: Man, any bump in the road is just a complete abandonment.
1: Complete abandonment.
0: In fact, like, did you know, and I'm just going to relate something outside, like in e-commerce where people buy things from stores there's an overall 70% cart abandonment rate. And that was for things they wanted that they mm-hmm. haven't received yet. They've already got the goods and now you're asking for a review. How yeah. high on this is it in the priority list of their life, really? It's not. But there are some ways that
1: we've learned through experience that you 100% can get a review without being pushy. Okay. Can I dig, in? can I dig into it at all? Yeah, man, let's hit it. All right. So following the typical procedure, I'm just going to piggyback off of that, which is you've asked the customer for the review, right? And then you say what the typical customer is going to be like, yeah, email it over to me. That's where we differ from there. Because what we've done is you went and figured out, okay, if I was the customer doing it, I'd want to know where I could log in. So I would have had every single link to every place I would have wanted them to have a review I'm already practiced in writing these reviews and knowing how to access these sites, so there's no technical issue on my end. And when the customer says, yeah, I'd be happy to, just email it over. You know what? I appreciate you be willing to take that step for me, but I want to make your life even easier. So to do so, I have actually already printed everything out here. Where would you want to put it? You want to go on Google? Okay, let's click here. All I got to do is put in your information. Great, no problem. And if they don't want to sign into it, Not a problem. Would I have your permission if we just wrote something out that I could copy it and put it on your behalf? Great. If nothing else, bare minimum, could I open up my company website and you just swipe five stars? They've already said yes to your face, but they were not expecting you to have it right there available. Almost everyone says yes because they don't want to say no to your face because that would be rude. Mm -hmm. But what are the odds that after saying yes to your face, smiling at you, that if you pulled it out immediately, they wouldn't have to eat their words and then just do it?
0: Yeah, man, of course. Proper preparation prevents piss poor performance. This is you being prepared. But do you think it's also another P word? Do you think that's pushy at all, Joe? You know what?
1: It depends on the motivation that goes behind it. Because let's say someone were to come by and I ask you for a review and you said yes. I'll write you a review. Well, my goal is to make it easier for you, right? Well, the first thing is to be like, oh, you don't have to do that. Well, I completely understand why you say that. But if you think about it, in order to write me a review, you've got to go to your email. You've got to load it up. You've got to find where it's going to be, whatever kind of passwords need to be there. And then eventually it's got to be on your mind to do. I'm here to take things off your plate, not add things to them. Is it wrong I me to just want to make your job a little bit easier since you said you're already going to do this? No. So if they say no from there, like, hey, I'll just get to it later. That's their way of saying no. Yeah. And you can assume they're not going to leave you a review then. And the pushiness can stop unless you want to make a follow-up call maybe three days in the future doing a happy call about their experience.
0: Or if you've got a CRM, let your follow-up emails try exactly. to handle it. They'll be annoyed by it. Eventually, they'll block you or they'll do the thing. But assuming you've got a repeat client here and you followed the loop method and everything we're doing, I'm assuming we're going to get eight out of 10 reviews.
1: And that would make a lot of sense. And when you want to go through and track it, we would get between six to eight percent or sorry, six to eight out of 10 would be the people who would accept the reviews that we present them to. So really, if they said, yes, I will, they've already got that first mental commitment. And by you simply having it following their yes. Yes the reasons they could say no become very low and therefore you're likely to succeed.
0: And let me just ask a quick question and we can wrap reviews up. I mean, I think this is pretty cut and dry, honestly. Mm. If you're out there and the listeners who are with us right now, right? You're out there, you've seen the Google listings, you're counting the reviews. You've seen that one with maybe it's 199 in your area. Maybe they're up to 400. Maybe it's you know five fifty because you're next to a Mister Sparky. You ever wondered what it'd be right, what it would be like to be the top dog, right? I mean,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Ever think about that impact it would have, the smile it would put on your face to know that you've got the most five star or very close a four point nine star um, average over five hundred reviews? You this know, comes back to like that endurance race thing. It's just like the sales. Mm -hmm. How this adds up, like it doesn't matter if someone else has 300 because they've been in business for seven years getting two out of 10, Mm -hmm. waiting for the email to do the work. Imagine that race in just a year or two, if you're getting six to eight out of 10, 60 to 80% conversion on your reviews, doesn't that help people connect? And to drive this home, doesn't that increase the odds that people say the exact things you want your next client to read and hear in that review? and help you with your sales. You're speaking to your target audience. So as
1: a fact, you're also keeping it within the community that you're hoping to serve best. Because by using those specific keywords like, play and Joe were phenomenal. I installed my new whole home automatic system and Thanksgiving was saved. And now, boom, we have someone specifically saying they're the people to go to. All right, I wanna work with this.
0: 100%, it's a no brainer. I'm gonna ask for reviews every time. As you should in this million dollar launch. The other piece we wanted to tie into this one, good neighbor program. Now we've done whole episodes on this before, but it belongs here in this launch because the other thing I'm going to do, you're going to do is the good neighbor program. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't we? Granted, some of the objections you hear are like, well, you know, that takes time or well, it says no soliciting in this neighborhood. Well, you're not supposed to solicit in this state hear different things, but like define soliciting for one.
1: So okay. the goal, yeah, the goal is I'm going to show up to try to sell you something. Yeah. And that's not what we're doing. Not at I'm all. literally knocking on your door to do one of two things. It could either be, Hey, I'm doing an installation next door. And I just wanted you to know that if I need to move my van or I had any garbage that blew over, I just want you to know that you can give me a call. I'm happy to come by and address it for you. It's one avenue. Where yeah. the second was, I just did, I just finished working for John across, you know, the one in the red house. And he thought that after working with us, that'd be a good idea that I introduced myself just in case you ever needed an electrician. Would you like a card just so that we can be in contact for the future? I'm not 100%. selling you nothing.
0: It's a convenience factor. And I mm-hmm. actually love, I said this before, uh, and we've showed this in a class. One of our students, actually, one of our uh, partners in this shared it with us. It's a uh, hormozy. If you guys are fans mm-hmm. of Alex Hormozzi at all oh, listening yeah. to this, the guy's awesome. He's clearly doing great things and gives away as much as we do. So it's inspiring to see that level of of just care to his audience as well. But he does this video where he's making like a million-dollar trash company. Very similar kind of to what we're doing. But he does the Good Neighbor program. He doesn't call it that, but he knocks on the neighbor's door anyway. Hey, I'm taking out the trash for the Johnsons. And I just thought, since I'm coming by and since I'm here, maybe I could take your trash too. It, it's just really funny and oversimplified. But they do one portion where he gets just a door slammed in his face. And it's mm-hmm. the best thing I've ever seen, Joe.
1: I love it. I absolutely love this part.
0: It's just like pauses right and there's snow blowing in the hallways in an apartment building and it's like god that was cold but you know what i am zero percent poorer and now i'm going to go to the next door and i'm going to knock on that too why because maybe they need their trash taken out you don't know you will seize exactly zero percent of the opportunities you don't try for
1: i know and it's craziest thing because people like looking for excuses to not do it Mm -hmm. so like When I first started doing the Good Neighbor program, I remember looking at the driveway and being like, is there anyone home? All right, no one's home. Maybe I'll knock. Oh, no one's home. Just like I thought. All right, I'll leave. I'll leave the door hanger and then go by. Oh, that person looks mean. Yeah, I'm not going to talk to them. But the fact is, is that you just need to knock because you're not you're literally not selling them anything. You're going there to say, I'm trying to give you something in case you need it in the future. Free of charge. Here you go. That's all I'm that's all I'm doing. Is it wrong of me to want to just check and see if you have an electrician for the future?
0: Even at the very least, in like the worst case, there was some shred of evidence, some memory, right? You caught them at a bad time even. And later on, they need an electrician. Mm-hmm. They're still going to recognize another moment that they saw service loop electrical. It's still going to be another drip. It's still going to be another little addition, no matter how small that is, to their reasons to call us. Mm -hmm. We work in their neighborhood. We worked for John already. We already did the thing for him. It wasn't a good time for you. I get it. doesn't mean you wouldn't call us. Mm Mm-hmm. To live drip campaign. I absolutely love it, man. So here's the thing. We're running low on time. We got to crank out a couple of action items, obvious ones I'd say today, but why don't you go ahead and kick one off? I'll take the second one. Okay. So
1: in both situations, they're really only hindered by your commitment to doing them. Mm-hmm. Like no matter how effective the program is, you not taking the first step immediately tanks the entire process. Whether it's, I don't want to ask her the review because that might be pushy, or I don't want to knock on the door because that might be soliciting. I don't care. You have to do one of them at least. So say to yourself, what am I losing by not doing this thing? And usually what it is, is I could have gotten a review for free. I could have gone and gotten a lead for free. I could have built a $100,000 lifetime relationship, a client relationship for free and i chose not to do it because i was chicken that's really what it comes down to
0: and now you'll never know do it the only thing you will know is the price of you know the seo and the pay-per-click and all the marketing additional investments you'd have to do but as you know we're trying to do this as organic as possible so in this million dollar launch would it be wrong of us To want to collect as many reviews as possible and talk to as many new friends as possible, especially where we have the leverage of knowing what's probably wrong with their system, being that it was built by the same builders that John's house was. Mm
1: -hmm. When you have aluminum wiring there and the whole house was cookie cutter in the same development, they likely have the same panel and the same service and the same backstab outlets and the same aluminum wiring. Why wouldn't you help them? That's actually more of a disservice because if you really cared about your clients and you really cared about their neighbors, you wouldn't even warn them.
0: Yeah. What does that say about your commitment to your safety? Yeah, it's massive, massive, man. Hey, uh, did we only do one action item? I completely got lost in that. So yeah, passionate a, about this. We did.
1: We did the basic one, and we we're right. on the t for you. Did the all star? Unless you want to pass it to me, I'm happy to take it.
0: You know what? I'm gonna do something we've never done this one before. I think. I think, well, maybe a brighter day call process. Anyway, I want you to smile and enjoy it. Gosh, is that ever hard? I know that there's nerves around this, but let's talk about where those nerves are related to for a moment. This fear of rejection. You're not asking for anything, you're giving a convenience. You're literally conveniencing them by letting them know, hey, I know how hard it is to get an electrician these days. So I just wanted to pop by and introduce myself, let you know that we just served John. And if you need anything, fans in the way, whatever you need, I'm here. Here's my number. Give me a call. Isn't it nice to make new friends? I recognize that post-COVID, this is less and less common of a, of a tonality, right, of, a, of an intention behind people to, like, meet people in person is, like, super nerve-wracking. Mm-hmm. But smile when you do it, just like answering the phone, when people answer the door, when you ask for a review, it's pushy if you believe it is. So don't be pushy, smile and think about the joy you've brought to someone, the joy you intend to bring someone and the care that you have for them. I think that'll go a long way, Joe. I would agree with you, brother. All right. This had been another episode of Electricpreneur Secrets, episode 253. When do we stop? I don't know. when we just keep going. But we're here five days a week to help you master your sales, simplify your pricing and deliver premium level electrical service. And tomorrow will be no exception as we're shifting gears. We've almost got our whole process locked in in this million dollar launch. So stick around and watch us scale this beast. We'll talk to you soon.
1: Can't wait to see you then.